Yes. All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, Destiny members. Hey, all right, why don't you stand with me? Spread out if you need to. Let's get in battle positions this morning, all right? We are going to go before the Lord. We're going to do a little bit of battle today, all right? We're going we're gonna to cry out. We're going to start by crying out. And I tell you what, I love, I love scripture when you find those little nuggets that encourage you about crying out. So we're going to start with the word of God this morning. All right, and, and Acts, is that, uh, is that stand around? I might need some help. Um, okay, this is Acts chapter 16, and I, so I got my big Bible out. All right, thank you. Um, in Acts chapter 16, Paul was going around and ministering. All right, and he was going through different areas, and he says this. He went, went through the region of, of Phyra, Phrygia, what he said, Galatia. Thank you. Yeah, I got this. I haven't done this in a while. I, this will be the first. Oh, okay. All right, so he, and it's, look at this. He was prevented by the Holy Spirit from going in there. Then he went, so they went to, to Mysia, tried to go into Bithynia. The Holy Spirit did, uh, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So they passed that. They came down to Tros. In the middle of the night, Paul had a vision. A Macedonian man was standing, pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he'd seen the vision, it was immediately, they immediately made efforts to head that way, concluding that God had called us to evangelize to them. He, he goes to one area, and the Holy Spirit says, no, don't go there. All right, no, don't go there. All right, somebody is crying out. The, the, he recognizes crying out. All right, we're going we're gonna to cry out this morning, and you're going to start for yourself. You're going to start for your family, and we're going to start for the church. All right, close your eyes if you need to. Whatever, whatever you need to focus on right now, right now, a crying out right now. Start, start with yourself. Start with you, between you and God, a crying out that said, God, help me. What it is, whatever you have this morning, help me. Help me to learn more about you. Help me to draw closer to you, into your presence. Help me. Teach me wisdom, knowledge, freedom, health, healing. Help me. He responds to that. Start praying over your families. Help us. Help us. This is something you should be doing also in your home that we do often in our home. I know many of you do. Praying as a group, as a, as a, as a couple, as a family. Help us. Come on, I pray that out. Let's pray for this church, this service right now. Come on, we're going to cry out. We're going to cry out today. We're doing battle today. Holy God. Holy God, come. Help us. Help us. Help the worship team. Pray over them. Help them. Help them lead in worship. Help our pastor with a message. Help him. Bring your message. Bring your message today. Help us draw near to you as a congregation to draw near to you. Jesus. Jesus. Cassandra, we can start worshiping. Don't start worshiping. As they're starting, keep that going. Keep crying out. Keep that focus. Holy God, come. Holy God, come. Holy God, come. This is how I'm about. Yes. 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 This is how I'm about. 
worship class Sunday morning a little bit about Joshua and Jericho. And God said the same thing to Joshua as he did Moses. There were hundreds of shofars that went before the battle started. But he said, first, take off your sandals for the ground where you are standing is holy and worship me. We see that in Moses. Before his journey into the battle to free his people, Moses, take off your sandals for the ground where you are standing is holy and worship me first. And then you will see a victory. So come on, worship with us.
comes before the breakthrough. Worship comes before warfare. So what does that tell me? Praise your way through the breakthrough. Worship your way through warfare. He didn't promise we wouldn't war. He didn't promise we wouldn't fight. He didn't promise we wouldn't battle. What he did promise is that he goes before us and beside us and behind us in battle and warfare. Because no weapon, come on, y'all know it, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Why? Because it can't break the glory that's around me because I've worshiped my way into warfare. And I've praised my way into battle. Which means, what does he inhabit? Come on, church, y'all know it. What does God inhabit? The praises of his people. So if he is there, if he's surrounded us, we sang about that, then no armor-piercing weapon that the enemy shoots can penetrate his glory and his presence, right? So if we know that, listen, I may be on my soapbox this morning, but y'all, we come in here Sunday after Sunday and we sing and we worship. Some of us leave the same way we came in and that's not what he wants. We are here to praise our way to battle, worship our way into the warfare that is the world, right? So this is our opportunity and your quiet time at home is your opportunity to praise and worship. And what you are creating is that boundary of his glory, right? So that when we go into the world, we no longer have an appetite for the world. We have an appetite for the Holy Spirit. And when we don't have an appetite for the world, we don't fall to the things of the world, right? We look Satan square in the face and be like, come on, buddy, give me your best shot. Because I know who stands by me, behind me, beside me, and he will see the victory. Your end has already been written, right? So we're going to sing that second verse again. There's power. And this time, if you feel comfortable, I want you to throw your hands to heaven and create the glory boundary around yourself. And we're going to declare what the word says in the second verse, right? So whatever your battle is right now, and only you know, whatever war you are waging within yourself, your family's life, your friend's life, your coworkers, your job, the schools, come on children, come on youth. Whatever war you are waging right now, it doesn't matter how small, how big, young, old, throw your hands to heaven and we're gonna sing this second verse again. Come on, Jesus. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on. Every war he wages, he will win. Come on, this line.
what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Because we just talked about that glory boundary, right? That nothing the enemy throws at you will pierce you. It will not take you out. It may distract you. It may discourage you. But we already talked about, we know how his story ends and we know how our story ends, right? So this declaration, we are going to declare and you think about it in your mind, in your heart, shout it out if you want to. Whatever it is in your life that the enemy has thrown your way that he meant to take you out, snuff out your praise, tear down your joy, and we're going to say, no, we pick that back up and God is going to turn it around and he's going to use it for his good, not our good, his good, right? So we're going to sing that next part. Here we go.
love that said that our worship and our praise leads us into battle. So this morning, as we we are still in this worship moment, I think it's a wonderful uh, opportunity right now. I just feel the Lord has been speaking to us about healing. Okay, so I, I want to be once I, I want to share this that that Brother Bo, if you don't know, he is home uh, from the hospital. The Lord is working on him. Okay, his his kidney is functioning the way it's supposed to function, which is, they don't know what that's all about. He's not out of the woods yet, but we're going to believe he's out of the woods because we're going to pray for him. We're going to pray for healing. I also believe there's other people in here. So if that's you, if there's, I don't care what, it doesn't have to be a, a healing of the body. It doesn't have to be, whatever it might be, a mind, a soul, anything that's going on with you right now. Uh, if you want to come forward, we want to pray over you right now. I don't want to go any further. I want the elders to come up, our prayer partners to come up. Uh, we want to lay hands on you. We want to give it up. We, there's a time for healing in the house, and the time is now. The time is when we worship through it. So our worship team is going to continue to worship as we continue to pray healing over the body, healing over everybody in the house. Come on, if you need healing, come forward this morning. Come on, prayer partners, grab somebody. Come on, pray over somebody. Let's go. Come on, let's continue to worship.
word makes mention a lot about his living water that will never thirst again. There's this little chorus, and it's okay. You can follow. It's fine. If not, it's fine. But it goes like this. Healing water flow over my soul. Healing water flow over my soul. Healing water flow over my soul. And let it saturate, saturate me. That's it. Come on, you follow along. Healing water. Jesus. Healing water. Flow over my soul. Healing water. Flow over my soul. Healing water. Flow over my soul.
don't, don't let your praise stop. <laughs> don't let your praise stop because the music's slowing down. Okay, don't let your praise stop because you think the song's over. Okay, you don't have to be in tune with them. You don't have to be praising with them. We can praise right where we're standing. So come on, let's lift up a praise this morning. Let's lift up a shout this morning. Come on, no, let's give them what a king deserves in the house. Let's tell them how much we love them this morning. Come on. Come on, whose breath is it? Whose breath is it? Come on. It's his breath. Come on. In our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath. In our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath. Come on. Father God, in your house. Father, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. Come on, one more time. Woo. Woo. Come on. If you're like me, you're kind of hoarse already, so that's good. Uh, take a little moment, go around, find somebody you ain't seen in a bit. Tell them how much you love them. We'll be right back.
Check, 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 check. How's everybody doing? <laughs> take your time, take your time. Take your time. Mike, take your time. <laughs> There's one thing about anointing and praying over people in the beginning of the service. I might drop the Bible, the mic. That's why they got me. I can't grip anything right now. Can't even take a drink of water. Come on. So good. I, I don't know if you noticed this, but what you just did by greeting everybody and telling everybody how much you love them, that is an act of worship. That is an act of worship because there's some people in here that hadn't had that said to them in a very long time. So you reaching out and just telling somebody you love them and it was good to see them this morning, you could have just changed their day, you could have changed their week, you could have changed their year. That's important to understand that everything we do is worship. Everything we do is worship. So I find it fitting that I'm going to swap things up today. I'm going to swap things up before we get started. Um, we usually... Uh, we usually do an offering at the end of service, um, but this morning, I'll, you know, our giving, when we give, that is also an act of worship, okay? So I just want to kind of go into that this morning because I believe that right now with the Holy Spirit moving the way he is, I want to continue to worship him. I want to continue to honor him, and, and we get to do that when, when we give. That's just how it is. So, so when you give, uh, it, you're, you're trusting God with everything. So in other words, when you tithe, you know, you're, you're giving 10% and you're saying, Lord, I trust you. So now you're activating faith. Lord, I trust you, okay, with the 10. So I believe the 90 is going to take care of everything. That's what you believe. Okay, so, and that's worship. When, 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 you, when you give to him, it's worship. And, and what I love about Destiny is we have a group of givers. We really do. I, I've never have to, I never have to come up here and tell you guys that, that man, we don't give. Look, I, I can't ever say that. I'd be lying. Okay, you guys give, so I don't have a problem with, with what we give or how we give. I just want to give you a chance to give because my job is to give you an opportunity to worship even more, and that's in our giving. So I want to do that this morning. I believe um, as, as we give, uh, God starts moving in our hearts, okay? And when you give, it starts changing the atmosphere. Um, so I want you to just check your heart. Search your heart this morning, okay? Search your heart this morning. I just believe what God wants to do. And I don't, I, you know, when I give, I, I don't give on on something that's happened to me in the past. I don't give on past blessings. I don't say, well, Lord, you blessed me, so now I'm going to give. I give an expectation of not even knowing what God's going to do in the future because everything I give, he's going to bless. So, so I don't give saying, Lord, thank you, Lord, for blessing me. I can give now. I say, Lord, wow, I get to give, so thank you, Lord. And I'm just coming with an expectation of what, what God wants to do with what we give. So look, like I said, you're not giving to a church, you're giving through a church. We just believe God's going to move in this house. So what I want to do is, is I want to bring our ushers up front. We never do that either. We always just stand at the door. Just bring the buckets up front. Um, I believe what you need to understand today is if you don't know us, I think there's going to be a major blessing when you give this morning, because what you're doing is you're sowing good seed into good soil. And when you put good seed into good soil and God blesses it, good things happen. Okay, so, so we, we're going to believe that this morning. Uh, we do have multiple ways to give. That's my favorite way. If you haven't tried to text to give, the first time you do it, you got to set up stuff. But then after that, you literally text the number. Like, it's in my phone as Destiny Giving. And, and if I wanted to give $50, I type 50 and send, and it automatically gives. So it's the fastest way to give. Um, but we also, you know, you can give by check, cash, however you want to do it. There's offering envelopes um, in the seat backs uh, in front of you. But I just want to bless that this morning. So what I'm going to ask you to do is just hold it up. 
I want, if you give on the phone, hold your phone up. I don't care. I, I, you know, I, I want to bless it this morning. I want to bless everything that God's doing in your life. I want to bless the obedience and what you do to honor him. So, Father, you see it right now, Lord. You, you see the hands raised, Father God. You see their hearts, Lord. And this morning, Father, we just, we just ask you to bless this offering, Lord. Bless this gift to you, Father God. Bless the giver, Lord. Bring favor upon them, God. We ask you to multiply this, Father God, so that we can start blessing the entire river region, Father. So, so Father, this is what we're asking, Lord, that as we give today, that you multiply that, Lord, and then multiply it in their lives. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for this. And, Father, we surrender it to you. You have your way with this giving and this offering, Father. And we just love you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can come on up if you want to give this morning. Come on up. Let's get some music playing and uh, give you an opportunity to give this morning. We should be excited to give. Uh, we should be excited to give. Uh, giving is worship, so... Uh, if we're excited when we worship, we should be excited when we give. So come on. We have to stop worshiping for a second. Um, we have a church across the street. And as a larger church than them, uh, we tend to have some people that often park in their parking spots. So they came over about 25 minutes ago and asked if we could move our vehicle. There's a church right over here. I think there's a truck with a trailer with a lawnmower or something on it. And there's like a, I don't know if it was a, a one was red and one was like, like a black SUV or something like that. If that's you, um, they came over and asked us to move it, so that's their property. Guys, if you don't know this, we can fit about 200 cars in our back parking lot. It's okay to park back there. But, you know, but, you know this is how we stop this, and I'll just say this. You know, if you volunteer to serve in a parking lot, we'll never have this problem again. Because what happens is we post people and we say, you can't park here. Go to the back parking lot. And then we can have people on the doors back there greeting that are opening the back doors so you don't have to walk all the way around. Okay, so... And as we continue to give and God bless it, eventually we'll have golf carts and we'll just drive you around and you won't have to worry about it. Okay, so if that's on your heart and you want to give to golf carts, go ahead. Um, I'm trying to make this as easy as possible. We, we prayed over a parking lot. God blessed us with a parking lot. We just don't use the parking lot. All right, so, you know, we've got to be good stewards of what he gives us. So, uh, so I appreciate that. But uh, I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get an honor to, to, to pastor here at Destiny Church. We absolutely love you guys. It's so good. It's an honor this morning to have my brother Ken McKinney here. Come on, brother. Come on. Apostle Ken, uh, Crown with Glory Ministries, him and his wife Kim, wonderful. Love you guys so much. Uh, man, just so good. Surprised me this morning. I'm worshiping. I turned around, I see Ken. I was like, the Holy Ghost is in the house. Come on. So good, man. So thankful to have you here. So if you're new to the church, haven't been here in a while, do us a favor. Fill out a connect card. 
Uh, that'll be the, uh, should be a card. If you need one, raise your hand. It should be either in the, if you received the bulletin this morning. If not, we have met connection point. Don't leave here without filling out the card and letting us know you were here. It's the only way I can reach out to you. Okay, we want to we wanna send information to you. all want to talk to you. We want to do that. But if you don't fill it out, I can't call you. So it kind of ruins that whole thing. I'll get all excited about that. I love new people, so it's always fun to talk to you all. So uh, do that. If you want more information about Destiny Church, you can download our app. That's probably the best way to get that information. Just scan that thing on a screen. So take a picture of that right now. Scan that. Um, there, there's giving on that app. You can do all things through that. It talks about every ministry in the church. It talks about, uh, it has all our sermons on there. So, And we also do push notifications through the app. So if you want to know if something's canceled, like this morning, we had next steps this morning, but we had to cancel it. Because Kevin and Crystal couldn't teach it. Uh, their daughter, Nis, is sick, so we're going to pray for Nis, you know, so touch her, Jesus. You know, I was praying for her as we were praying for healing. So they couldn't teach, so this morning we had to cancel it. So we try to get push notifications. We try to let people know, hey, don't show up at 9 o'clock expecting the class because the class didn't happen this morning. But we'll pick up the class next week. Um, next week it's going to be marriage. My wife and I are teaching a marriage class <laughs> next Sunday, 9 o'clock. So hey, you can cheer now, but if you want what we're bringing, you need to show up. Well, bring the house down. We might have to do a class in here in the, in the, in the big sanctuary. But <laughs> so we're going to be there at 9 o'clock, y'all. So, so we'll see you next week at 9 o'clock. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. I love it. Uh, yesterday, uh, we, had an, uh, we, had, we had the honor of going and um, blessing with the Walk for Life. Come on, man. This was awesome. So, you know, we raised a little over $800. So as people walked and donated... For the River Region Pregnancy Center, we sponsor them every month, so they're part, like, we tithe as a church. What that means is that we take 10% of everything that comes into this church, and we bless the River Region. We bless other ministries. We bless organizations. We bless schools. We, we, we give out. That's, that's what we do. So we tithe as a church. So we ask you to tithe, we tithe. So that's part of our ministry. We give to them. Why? Because they promote life. Okay, and they do that through, through information, they do that through resources, they do the, the free ultrasounds, all kinds of good things. So they have a brand new building, it's not a brand new building, it's, a, it's an older historic building, but, but right now it's being completely remodeled, and they need help with that, they need all kinds of stuff with that, if you're handy, you know, drywall, all kinds of stuff going up right now, we got to tour that yesterday, it was awesome, but we had, I want to thank all the volunteers that came out yesterday, man, thank you all so much. We had people walking, we had... People serving in the trailer. Alex, thank you so much. Our Bread of Life trailer was there, y'all. So that's important. We get to talk to other people about what God put on our, our hearts about the Bread of Life, which is we're going into communities, doing these things, and blessing people in need with bringing them food. So our goal is to do that weekly. We're trying to get off the ground monthly, but we need more volunteers. So I'm going out to other ministries saying, hey, I need help. So if you guys want to help us with the Bread of Life, then we're going to try to get that thing kicked off here soon. So we can get out there and start blessing people with free food through the holidays and, and through December. And then we're just going to pick it up and keep going all through uh, until the Lord tells us to stop. So that, that's how we do that. But it was awesome. We got to speak to tons of people about that. Alex made some amazing pork skins. Come on, brother. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for those pigs. <laughs> Don't throw those in the, in, in the ocean. We'll hang on to them. So uh, one more uh, announcement. This, right after service, if you, if you serve in the children's ministry or you want to or even thinking about serving in the children's ministry, we are going to have a meeting right after service. So I ask you to just hang out, and once, once we get everybody out, that could take a little bit. We tend to hang out and, and talk, but I'll try to usher people out. 
and we're going to have a meeting in here. It'll be a quick meeting, but I definitely want to talk to all the children's ministry workers and, and just gather so we can see faces and, and talk a little bit and share what's going on at Destiny Church. So if you want to be part of that, right here after service. Man, I am almost worn out with an announcement, y'all. I didn't begin preaching yet. And I wasn't here for a while, so, so it's going to get real today. Um, continue to pray for Brother Bo, though. That's important. We got to pray over him. Um, I'm telling you, God is doing a miracle, and that's what he does. And when we, when we surrender that uh, to him and we just say, you know what, Lord? When you go into the hospital uh, with a ruptured kidney and you're septic, and they, they literally said that if he didn't get there that day, he probably wouldn't be here. And they didn't give him a good outlook, but good thing is, Brother Bo don't listen to outlooks, and neither do we. I don't listen to science. I, I believe in, in a God that can heal. So, um, and now he spent about a week in the hospital, but he is home. And talked to him yesterday. He's in good spirits. He's just, we're just waiting. That kidney that they thought would never work again, they don't know what to do because now it's, it's got nice, clear fluid coming out. Everything's looking well. And now they got to figure out, I think they were banking on the fact that they just pulled the kidney. They're like, we'll just take it because it's got a huge kidney stone in there so now they're gonna have to figure out how to get that out because <laughs> they're gonna be like we can't take a good kidney <laughs> that don't make any sense so let's get the stone out of there and we're gonna we're, we believe that it's gonna be a brand new kidney we believe it's gonna function better than it ever has we're believing that there's gonna be no more kidney stones it's just that's how God does things he doesn't do things to make it okay for us he does it to make it okay with him <laughs> which which is perfect with him so that's what I love um, so what I want to do this morning I love brother Bo we prayed for him I want to honor some people this morning um, so we have a short video that we want to play to honor our veterans uh, this morning as we go into Veterans Day week. So Veterans, veterans Day is going to be on Thursday. So let's just watch this quick video. If you're a veteran, can you stand up? If you've ever served, if you serve, can you stand up? Come on, let's give them all a round of applause. We love you guys. We thank you. Thank you so much for what you do, what you've done. 
You know, that, that, that hits home. I've done, you know, I did 23 years, and my son's in the Navy right now, so, you know, we get to see him when we can see him, and that's just the way it is. And I know the Bartons, and they got people. So we just have people in this church, and we've launched so many young adults out of this church to, to go in the military, and they're serving right now, and they're making sure that we're safe. Um, and that's what, that's what they vowed to do. That's what they, they have chosen to do, so we thank them for that. So, so, Father, right now, we just love you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for them. We thank you for everybody that served, Father God. We thank you for their hearts uh, to just serve, have a servant's heart, God, to sacrifice for others, Father. So we thank you for them. Bless their families. Bless them. And, Father, right now, I ask you to touch my lips, Lord. Father, fill my heart right now with your word. Father, let it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen. Come on. Amen. So it's good to be back. Man, it is, it is good to be back. I missed uh, last week. Uh, we weren't here. And uh, Brother Rick in the back. Brother Rick, come on, let's give it up for Brother Rick. Woo. I watched, uh, I was able to watch, not live, because I was in the middle of a service, but I got to watch. And uh, man, brother, thank you. Thank you for being obedient. I just feel the Lord, Lord saying that, that, the reward for what you did this last weekend will be greater than the reward you've done in the past. He said there's going to be a double portion on that, brother. He said you reached more people in this last week than you did in the other years. And you don't understand. That's what he's saying. And, and if I try to calculate that in my head, I don't know. But we go online. We get things shared. But thank you. And, and he's not done with you. He, said, he says the ministry to come will be bigger than anything that you've ever been part of so so get prepared brother uh, sometimes we think we're done he's just he's just sitting us in a seat to launch us is what he's doing so hang on um, but I appreciate you brother uh, and thank you for filling I love the fact that we have people in our church that can fill in the gap I love the fact that, that if I can't be here or Kevin can't be here that, that we have people in our church we have we have, we have not only pastors like come on it, it, these are people that sit in our church and they call it home, and they're, they're, they're previous lead and senior pastors, and they're willing to answer the call. And it doesn't, you don't even need to have that. I have people in this church I completely trust to be able to walk up here and share the word. We have elders and, and, and people that have just, that I've grown to love dearly. And that's, who, that's what our church, this church is not about the pastor. This church is about the family. This is a family. So, so no matter who's up here preaching, we already know that, that, that it doesn't matter because God's working through them for the family. Okay, and, and that's what I love about this place. So I could never walk up here again, and this place is going to keep moving because God's moving. It's all his. Well, I'm just somebody that's standing here, and he's going to work through me today. <laughs> okay, so I pray he keeps working through me. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, that that's how it works, and uh, that's what this is all about. So you did an amazing job. Um, I was actually up in Jasper up to Worship Life in Jasper, Alabama, and I was supposed to go with Brother Bo and Rachel uh, and my wife. So we, we went up there, but nobody else could go. <laughs> so I went up by myself, and I've got to worship up there. I had to, I didn't have to. I got up there, and I got to fill. I had the privilege to fill in the gap for Brother Bo as they got to pray over me, right, for his healing. So it was an honor to be there to do that. Uh, and then it was an honor to just hear how they continued to prophesy not only over me, but our church. Uh, and I can get into that at another time. But I'm telling you, God's moving in a powerful way. And he's doing it on purpose. Okay, everything that happens is on purpose. And uh, there, there was anointing that was supposed to happen up there that did. 
uh, and it happened without Brother Bo being up there. It was just because of the obedience to say we're still going. And I didn't have my wife. Trust me, she tried to talk me in. She had to talk me into going. I was like, babe, I don't even think I should go. And she was like, you need to go. Um, so there was, there was purpose in that, uh, and I'll share more when I get to that. But I'm telling you, we're in this. Uh, I'm just thankful that I got to do that. So we're, you know, I love the fact we were talking about veterans and people that have served. Um, it's kind of neat how God works this out because I, I really, I don't follow the calendar. <laughs> but I just happened to see something about it. I was like, man, Veterans Day is coming up. I guess I should do something, you know, in the church. And we always do. So, but I, I was like, do I do it this week or next week? Um, so I chose to do that. And then God started speaking to me about a word for today. Um, and we have been in lots of series. We've been building on foundation. We've been talking about identity, which was huge. You know that because we, we've kind of, we, we saturated you with identity and who you are. In his eyes, you're beloved, that he loves you. And that's, that's who he is in your eyes. You're his son. You're his daughter. And it took us forever to go through that. Not because you weren't getting it. It's because he just wanted you to hear it over and over and over again because that's the baseline. Okay, that, that's a solid foundation. And then we jumped into faith because he said, you know what? Knowing who you are is one thing, but knowing who you serve is another. And having faith in his word and faith in what he says, that's even more important because faith is what gets us through all these things that happen in life. We've got to have faith. We need to, we need to be able to walk in faith. We need to believe in that. So we talked about that. And that was, that was only like eight weeks. I don't even think we talked about it that long for faith. I mean, you could talk about faith for a very long time. And then he said he was working on me. Uh, man, he's been working on me. And, uh, and I've, been, I've been going through some stuff that, that he has worked with me and, and guided me on. So he made it a point to remind me that it was time to move. And it was time to move into the next step, which is when you know who you are and you have faith that you can believe in what God does. He said, it's time to talk to you about spiritual warfare. Because as a Christian, you can walk in here. You can walk in here not knowing who God is. Get wrecked, accept him in your heart and try to walk out of here and expect nothing to happen again in your life. Because nobody's talked to you. Nobody's guided you through that. When ultimately, when you walk out of here, you're, you're back on the battlefield. Like, 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 and the enemy is now mad. He's mad. And he's going to come against that. And he's going to try to do anything to get you. So here's the thing. I love it. That's why I like to get our hands around people who, who give their heart to Christ. Because it's not safe for them to walk out without information, without guidance, without discipleship. Because you can lose faith really quick. Because you feel, you feel the presence in the house. You feel what God's doing in the house. And this is powerful. And then when you walk out there two days later, you're like, what happened? What happened to that all present, all over the place? God, because I don't feel him right now. Okay, so, so he says, you know what that is? That's spiritual warfare. That's the enemy trying to, to stop you from doing what God had intended for you from the get-go. The enemy's trying to stop your potential and the plan he has in your life. That is his goal. That's his goal, is to stop you from doing that. Okay, so it really started hitting me, and I thought, man, this is, this is powerful, Lord, so you want me to do this now. And it kind of lined up with rules of engagement. Um, so the battle is now, and that's our new series title. Because, you know, when I thought about that, I started thinking about the times that I served in the military. We never went into battle uh, without a game plan, but we also had rules of engagement. You know, and when you go to basic training... Uh, that's one thing that, that all everybody that served you have in common. We all went to basic training. 
Now, some of us went a long time ago, and some of us recently went, which they're totally different. I'll share that. But there's one thing in common between everybody is you learn how to serve. Uh, you, learn how, you learn about authority, uh, and, and you learn how to stand strong in the face of a battle, in the face of fear. They, they teach you how to do what's right. Okay, so that's what we all have in common. And the same thing goes in Christianity. The same thing goes in our walk with him. The same thing goes as we, as we invite him into our heart. There has to be rules of engagement. You need to understand that to this battle, you know, there's rules. And when I say battle, I don't want to confuse people. But if you, if you believe in God, you have to believe in the devil. I, you can't believe in God, not believe in the devil. Okay, so, so there is a spiritual realm. There is a spiritual battle that is going on all the time. Okay, so, and you can't see it. Okay, it's, it's almost invisible unless it's affecting you. Okay, and then our goal is to identify it. All right, so I don't even know where I'm at right now, but let me, let me talk. So rules of engagement, I'll go back to that. So rules of engagement, what that is, th- those are internal rules or directives, right, that define the circumstances, conditions, degree, and manner in which the use of force or actions which may be considered as provocative, may be applied. They provide authorization for and or limits on, among other things, the use of force and the employment of certain specific capabilities. So we need to spend some time in this because it's not fair to you to not understand what's happening in and around you that you can't see. Then I'm setting you up for failure. As a pastor, I want to take care of you. But I also don't need you calling me every time you're in a spiritual battle. When he says, I'm giving you the tools to teach them, that believe it or not, if you teach them, they can take care of it themselves. Amen. Now, I believe there's time to, to gather and there's time to come together and pray over each other. But, man, it's, it, it is, there is a time everybody in here has the capability because of the authority given to us by God to come against the enemy. Okay, That's why it's so important. Uh, that, that we get this, that we grasp this. And I don't even know how long we're going to be in this. I could talk on this probably for the next year. It's that important. It's that important. So we need to know it. So, so we had to follow these rules. Man, so that's where we're today. We just need to have a better understanding of what we're capable of doing. So, so that's what I see. This is why we're going to be continuing. This is part of the foundation I talk about. Um, my goal is just to see our entire church could you imagine what would happen if our entire church was so filled with faith and was so equipped with the ability, with the rules of engagement, with the capability, and they had the faith to walk out and come against the enemy? We could leave these doors and take him with us everywhere we go. We would change the hearts and minds of people everywhere we walk. What I'm talking about is the ability to recognize things, have, you know you have the authority to, to, to go into places and command things to become right. People that are struggling with stuff, that they come to you, you'll be able to pray over them right there. And with your authority, whatever they're dealing with must leave. That's the authority he's given each and every one of us. And that's what we have to walk in. So it takes faith and it takes identity. Those are the first things. That's why we went. That's why I think it's funny how he keeps directing this because he doesn't give me the whole thing. He just says, we're going to do a foundation. And he gave me identity and then he gave me faith. And now this. I don't know what's coming next, but it makes so much sense because when you study about spiritual warfare, it's all about having a firm belief in who you are first. If you don't know who you are, you have no authority. 
if you haven't given your heart to him, if you haven't accepted him into your heart and decide you want to follow him, you have none of his authority. So, so when I talk about spiritual warfare, you could either be a victim or a victor. And you can sit around and say, woe is me, this is horrible, I, I, I can't stand what's going on. Or you can be a victor and claim victory over everything the enemy's trying to do to you. So my goal is not for you to suffer as a victim every time something happens to you. It's to recognize it, identify it, come against it in his name with his blood and take it captive and walk in freedom and walk in hope and peace and love and joy, all the stuff he wants us to walk in. You can't do that if you're just getting completely annihilated by the enemy all the time. Okay, so, and so that starts with an identity. It starts with identifying who the enemy is and, and where he's coming from. So, you guys good? <laughs> I'm excited about this. I don't know where this is going to go. Uh, we were talking about it last night, and it was really good. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what God really wants to do. So, the thing is, is that we're, we're all under attack. Accept that. Everybody in here is under attack. You need to believe it. You need to own that. You might not feel it right now. You might not, you, you might not see it right now. But you know, we were talking last night. I was talking with Jeff last night. And this, I was thinking of a submarine with a radar. You know, And the only thing you see, you'll see on a radar with a submarine. I don't know why I went submarine. I'm an Air Force guy. I should have just used a plane. <laughs> I don't know why I went to the, to the boats or ships or whatever they are. My son will correct me. But I think about that radar. It picks up everything that's within a certain certain distance. So you can see where the enemy's coming from. Beyond that, you have no clue. So the enemy's out there. What you don't see, the enemy's out there just maneuvering it. Because he knows your weaknesses. He knows what's going on. He's building a plan. He's building a scheme to come against you. Why? Because he doesn't like where you're going. You know, he doesn't like where this church is going. <laughs> he, he doesn't like how you're starting to walk in your faith. He's like, uh-oh, I'm going to have a problem soon. And it's the sooner we realize he has no authority in our life, the easier our life is. And that's easier to say than it is to do. Because we are human, right? And he comes against us all the time. So it's easy to get caught up with love and all the stuff we've been preaching about by, by you know, have an identity and being loved, all that's powerful. That is important. But if we leave this part out, he will try to eat you alive. So we need to understand it. So scripture behind that, so you can understand where I'm coming from, go to Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. I'm going to be reading out of the Passion Translation. It says, now my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last, the most important ones. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. So, so how are we going to be strengthened? Through a life union, through walking in union with him all day long, every day. That's where our strength comes from, through life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Now, if that doesn't sound powerful, you can read it another way. I mean, the other ones say the same thing, but they don't sound like that. Like, I love the fact that, that I know right now that, that, that his power will be explosive in coming through me to seek out the enemy. 
we have that authority in us where we walk. All we have to do is believe, understand it, and open our mouths with that power and authority, and he'll flow through us. See, it's not about us. We can't do it on our own. That's why I'm saying if, if you don't know him personally, if you haven't accepted him in your heart, if you're not walking with him, you can't do this on your own. It's his power coming through us. You see that? So, so we have to have a, a deep relationship with him. So it says, put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. It doesn't say if you fight. It says as you fight. You will fight. And you'll either be defeated or you'll be victorious. The choice is yours. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. He says it's of this world, though. That's why you hear it all the time, what's of this world. The world is his. I mean, this is where he wants you to live, of the world. Thinking the way the world thinks, not thinking the way that we should think. When we, when we fall under him, we should be following him. We should be thinking the whole time about Jesus. He says, let me show you a way to live. Represent me in everything you do. And here you see it, it says it's completely, when it's the world, not so good, but that's why we fight it. So, so we, we fight against the world. So you can't ignore the fact any longer that you're not under attack. Okay, so, so you can't ignore that. If you try to ignore it, guess what? You're going to be confused. You're going to be frustrated, right? It's going to quench the peace that God has put in you and wants you to walk in when you ignore it. So there is a spiritual realm. And when I say ignore it, what I mean is, think of this. Think of a child, you know, that, that when they hear a noise, they hide under their covers. And they think, if you can't see me, you can't hurt me. That's ignoring it. So if you walk around and you're getting attacked and, and you know something's going on and what you do is you try to hide under your covers and ignore it, that's not the first step. That, that will, that, that's the worst thing to do is to ignore it because now you have no peace. Now you're living in fear. Now you're walking around in fear wondering when he's coming at you again. good part is is that he gives us tools he gives us equipment he gives us the ability to fight my mouth is dry now so forgive me can't hang on to it and i can't drink it but here's the cool part what you need to understand no matter what if you remember this the key point of this is he's already won the war so so there's battles and there's a war he's won the war we're going to face battles each and every day he's won the ultimate war Okay, so, so when you surrender to him, you, you know in the end what's happening to you. Right? You win. He won. You win. How do you want to live your days on earth until you experience that? I don't want to sit around waiting for heaven. I want heaven to come to earth right now. I want to wake up every single day walking victorious, walking the life that God wants me to walk, doing what God wants me to do. 
I don't want to sit around and go, well, when I die, it's going to be phenomenal. That's a long time to wait. Now, small on eternity, but still a long time. Still a long time. So we need to understand that we have the authority in and through him to attack. Here's what I love. When we start talking about attack, I'm, I'm competitive. If you didn't know that, I'm competitive. I like to win. So if you tell me that I can't do anything about something, I'm frustrated. But if you tell me I have a chance to win, I'm going to give it all I got. So I'm not the guy that likes to, to just play defense. I want to play offense. Like, so that's how it is. So we're going to attack. And when you attack, there's rules of engagement. But you have authority to attack. And that authority comes from him. So if you go to Luke 10, 17 through 20, and I'm hoping this is just going to be a big overview to get us into what we're going to launch next week. Um, so I want to cover a bunch of stuff, but we'll see where it goes. Luke 10, 10 through, uh, 17 through 20 uh, from the Passion, when it says, When the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy, telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. And Jesus replied, while you were ministering, I watched Satan topple until he fell suddenly from heaven like lightning to the ground. Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. As you're walking in authority, nothing will harm you however your real source of joy isn't merely that these spirits submit to your authority but that your names are written in the journals of heaven and that you belong to God's kingdom this is the true source of your authority so the authority you have to walk in is understanding that you belong to God's kingdom and he gives you authority to trample on the enemy. And that should make you excited. That means you don't have to wait. You know, you don't have enough money to go buy the next big weapon. And you're waiting on like Black Friday to be like, man, I hope they bring the price down on that because the enemy's tearing me up. He said, no, I've given you everything, all the authority. You just have to take it. You have to activate it. You have to walk in it. You have to believe in it and understand who you are. So we have authority on earth and in the heavenly realms when we walk in it. Most things happen when you actually do something with it. You know, God will tell you what to do, but if you don't do anything with it, nothing happens. You know, uh, uh, example, uh, I shared this with Ken yesterday, I think. It, like the water, when, when they turned water into wine, it happened when they were actually walking with the water. It didn't happen when he gave them told them to pour it in it happened when they were moving with it so when god gives you authority and you start moving in it it activates what he wants to do in your life he can give you authority and you can sit around and do nothing with it and it means absolutely nothing but you have authority that's it so our role on earth is to activate and enforce the authority god has given us that's our role so we're actually ambassadors to the kingdom and i love this i talked about this couple Wednesdays ago but um as ambassadors man we have a job but we are his authority if you think of an ambassador you go to another country easy one uh, uh, I think Afghanistan was the one that was just overthrown so you have an ambassador that represents 
the president and his authority that's in another country, right? So, so that's what happens is we have territory in another country that's ours, right? So, so, so we, we, have an, we have an embassy, you know, and when I think about in the world, this church is our embassy. This church is our saying, you come here to get what? Filled up? You come here to feel safe? You, you come here to, 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 to praise him? But, but this is a great, this, consider this an embassy. So the ambassador is in the embassy, right? So, so he has authority in the house. So the ambassador, so we can have ground wherever we go as long as we own that, you know, as long as we have an, an embassy and an ambassador in that area. Well, the problem is, is the, the enemy wants to come against that. Because if the enemy can take the ground, if the enemy can take the embassy, <laughs> you just lost all authority. So you saw that in Afghanistan. When they took the embassy, we had to get everybody out. We lost all authority there. Okay, so, so we got to remember that, that. So this church is the embassy in this area for us. So, so the enemy is going to come against the church because he wants to what? Derail us, get us, get us off pace. He, wa- he wants to come against the church because if he can capture this, <laughs> we lost all authority in this region where God placed us. So we've got to stop that, obviously, but that's his goal. And we, we're ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though we were making his appeal through us. So that's who we represent. It's like having a, a, a special ID card or, you know, a badge of authority. You're like, hey, this is who I am. I, I'm, I'm, I'm representing him everywhere I go. That's what we have as we walk with him. So it's the identity you walk with, you carry it in your life. So he's coming against us, and I'm going to share a little bit about that. Why? Because that's what the enemy does. John 10.10, you've probably heard this a million times. I don't know if you've heard it this way, but the thief does not come except to steal and and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's not a friend of God. There's no... They don't sit down and talk and go, I'll let you do this and you can do this. They are enemies. Like, they, they don't, like, there's no, um, they, they don't have, like, treaties and all kinds of stuff. It's, nope, I don't like you. Um, you don't have a right. So, so that's what the enemy comes to do. And he's going to attack if we allow him to. So you have to know who your enemy is. You have to identify him and come against him. And it takes effort to know your enemy, and that's where we're going we're gonna to talk about these things probably in depth later on. But here's the thing. You have to know your enemy. I don't care where you are, what you're doing. It can be football. Let's talk about football since yesterday was Saturday, and some people probably watch football. You don't go into a football game without watching film. You know everything the other opponent, you know, the enemy, can do. You know their weapons. You know their fastest players. You know everything about that team, right? before you go onto the field to play them. Same thing in the military. If we ever deployed in the military, we don't lay our feet on ground when we don't know anything about the enemy. We have done intel. We have done tons of research. We have all kinds of information before boots hit ground, right? You don't go in there blindly. It doesn't happen that way. So you have to do intel. So we have to do intel on the enemy. You need to know who you're coming against. You need to understand what he can do. You need to know his strengths, his weaknesses. And I can't always do that for you. You're going to have to sacrifice. 
have to spend some time in this. You have to pray about this. Seek God about this. Educate yourself about the enemy. It's so important. It's so important. That's the first thing we talk about when we, if whenever we go into a battle or you go in, it's who's the enemy. So you got to know who he is. How do you identify him? That sounds easy, but it's not. Because he's sneaky. So you have to identify him. You have to know where the battle's at. Is it on your ground or his ground? Is it in your mind? Probably. It's where the battle happens. What are his weapons? What can he use against you? These are all things that you need to start studying. You need to start digging into this. And then who are you? See? If you know your enemy, you better know who you are. Right? And what are your weapons? What do you have? So when I think about that, you know, maybe we'll jump into these, you know, someday. But what are your weapons? Think about this. We, we have what? Prayer's a weapon. Fasting's a weapon. Faith's a weapon. The blood of Jesus is a weapon. The word of God is a weapon. Our worship is a weapon. Our praise is a weapon. Our clapping is a weapon. Our shouting is a weapon. Man, come on, man. We, we, have, we have an army of warring angels that's our weapon, that's on our side, that God has sent down to protect us. All that's happening, and you can't see it. I saw it because I was up in, when I was up to Jasper, um, man, it was so powerful. Uh, their worship was just, they were, it was like a spiritual warfare worship. It was awesome. Like, like and, and I turned around and I saw, and, and I had to share, they, I wasn't going to tell him this, but he asked me to come up and share. And I said, dude, I saw, I saw the angels on the back wall. And he goes, they weren't just standing there. Like, I always thought that I would see angels standing, like, ready to attack. They were worshiping. Like, they were bouncing around just like everybody was bouncing around. And that was activated because what was happening in the atmosphere. See, when you praise and worship, man, it ushers in. It ushers that in. So, so guess what? You know how you get out of being attacked sometimes? You just praise and worship. <laughs> man, you just seek him with all your heart. And it can, it can chase the enemy off. So there's your tidbit for today. Worship. Learn how to worship. Learn how to surrender to him. You know, and some people will do it at home. I would love, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a worship room at my house. It's my office. It's awesome. And when I crank the music in there, you can hear it throughout the house. But when I'm worshiping at home, I call it ugly worship. Because, man, I'm going at it. Like, I, I am in it. I would love to see some of you in your homes worshiping because that's what we should be doing in here. But when we come in here, when we can do it together and when it can be so powerful that it ushers in the Holy Spirit, right, and brings the power with that and the authority with that, we don't do it because we're so afraid that somebody next to me thinks I'm going to be crazy. Man, the worship's not for anybody sitting around you. It's for him. And when you can get that out of your, your mind... When you can say, I don't care what anybody thinks, I want to worship my God, the one that's standing there with me, the one that's gotten me through so much in my life, the ones that picked me out of the dust and the mud and the dirt and, and dusted me off so many times and says, I'm here with you. That's, so when I worship, honestly, I don't see any of y'all. I love y'all, but I ain't looking for you. So if I run into you, you know how many times I run a kid over up here? <laughs> I love the kids up here. It's awesome. 
I mean, that's how it should be. But, man, it's, it's almost like one of those mosh pits. <laughs> You're just running into each other sometimes. You don't even care. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> just worshiping Jesus. Man. You know, I'm so sick of playing defense. I'm so sick of playing defense in our church and defense in my life. I'm so ready to get on the offensive. It's like, you know, we get trained in all this stuff, but, man, it's nice when you can attack. It's nice when you can beat them to the punch, Uh, and and that's my goal because it's easy to sit back. But, man, I I can't take the licks like that anymore. Because here's the thing. The attack's against everybody. Everybody in here is in the line of fire. You're not excluded because of who you are, what you do in the church. In fact, I'll tell you this, if you have any leadership position in the church, chances are the enemy doesn't like you even more than he doesn't like the other person. Right? I mean, he's going to come at you. And now, granted, if you're in a leadership position in the church, you should probably be, you know, entering in his presence a whole lot more, I hope. <laughs> and that helps, but that doesn't, that, that's not it. Like, you just can't say, well, you know, because I praise and I worship, I'm good. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. So we've been under attack at our church. Anybody in here feel like they've been under attack? Come on, it's okay. I've got my hand up. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we've been under attack as a church. And I want to show you guys okay if I get a little personal with you up here. Um, It's the only way I know how to do this. Um, We've been under attack. Uh, The enemy has been coming at this church, at our elders, at our leaders in this church for a long time. And he's been unnoticed. He's been working his way through and doing what he likes to do. And we've, we've called him out as many things, but we've never identified him the way we should have identified him. And I had my, my brother that spent the night with me, um, he, uh, Brother Rick. I know if you're watching, brother, I love you. And uh, he's from, uh, uh, he lives out in Charlotte, and he comes in, and he, he stayed at our house. He was with us the weekend Mama Lowe passed. And uh, the, the next day after Mama Lowe passed, uh, he was worried. I mean, this is, this, he's staying at my house, and I tell him every Sunday I'm up at 3, and I start my worship at 3 in the morning because I got to get prepared to come to church. Like, I can't wake up and just roll up in here. And if you do that, you're, you, you, what you're doing is a disservice to everybody in the church. So wake up, get your worship on, come on in here, and this place will get on fire really quick. Okay? But if you wake up thinking you're just going to roll out of bed and come in here and expect this place to do it, that's bad. But you can just spend a little bit of time in worship in the morning. If everybody came in here with that little bit of fire on them, man, this place would just boom. And uh, anyway, he told me that morning, he said, we were worshiping, and and we, we were doing the ugly worship. Because we I'm like, dude, this is my house, your house. Like, it's okay. It doesn't, you know. And he stopped in the middle of worship and told me, he said, brother, you, I feel the Lord telling me you need to come against the spirit of death in the church. And he said, he gave me a vision. He showed me that you were supposed to have the elders up front facing the back wall with their hands lifted high. And he said, you were going to come against and renounce the spirit of death in your church. And he told me that. Right? He told me that. And I didn't ignore him. But my excuse was, with everything going on that day, everything I had to explain to the church that day about Mama Lo, that I was not in a position mentally, spiritually to do that. So I just kind of, I didn't drop it. I actually called um, Brother Bo 
and we talked about it, and, and I just said, I'd rather do it on a Monday night where we have our prayer warriors and we have everybody here that really is like all in with that stuff. So we didn't do it, and then that day, if you didn't remember, I'll always remember, my grandbaby was born. <laughs> so the Monday night prayer that we were supposed to war against the enemy, I was up in Birmingham waiting to see my grandbaby. And then life happens, and then we come back, and now I'm, you know, now I'm getting ready for service. And then we had Mama Lowe's celebration of life. Everything's happening. Um, and things just kept falling apart. And when I told Brother uh, Rick about Brother Bo uh, with his kidney issue, because um, that morning I had to, I helped him, you know, get in the car. We helped get him to the hospital. And I called Brother Rick because he's a prayer warrior. And I was like, hey, man. And he goes, he asked me, he goes, did you do what I told you to do? Did you do what God told you to do? And I was like, I did not. And that was on a Tuesday. So I got with the elders and the following Wednesday, that next Wednesday, that very next day, I got with the elders and spiritual leaders in the church and staff. And we came in here and we renounced the spirit of death in our church. Why? Because we love you. <laughs> Why? Because your elders love you. Why? Because your staff loves you. And we're tired of being on the defensive. We're tired of taking the punches. We're tired of getting beat down by somebody that we should be beating up. Right? And, and we weren't doing that. So it can happen to anybody. And because I allowed that door to stay open, the enemy snuck in. The enemy snuck in. I believe it was God testing me in a way, looking back. But when it happened, it was definitely a sneak attack. True warriors in battle. Well, true warriors, to be a warrior, you got to be battle tested. I'm sorry, you can't come out of basic training and me call you a warrior. You don't have enough skills on the battlefield to be a warrior. Right? So I, I can't I can't come to you as a as as somebody that's never been battle tested and say I'm a warrior. I can't do that. It wouldn't and, and I believe that's that's why I get to go through what I get to go through sometimes. Um so I had to go through some stuff. So through this time I had been being attacked. And the stuff that I was being attacked with I believe was making me a better warrior. It taught me a lot of lessons, but it wasn't pleasant. It was kind of like a cyber warfare attack where you don't see it coming. Right? We don't, we don't see it coming. It just hits you and it wipes everything out. Now they have systems and there are systems out there and things that you can pay for in the cyber world that will protect you and your computers and all that stuff if you're willing to pay for it. Well, there's things in the spiritual world that if you're willing to pay for it, if you're willing to put in the time, will protect you from what the enemy is trying to do. Okay, but I was in a position where I was comfortable. Anybody been in a comfortable position? I was comfortable. I had my eyes not on the target. I had my eyes on Jesus. I was worshiping. I was reading my Bible. I'm praying. And then this was two Sundays ago. So last Sunday I wasn't here. The Sunday before that, I'll just get real personal with you. The Sunday before that I came in here. I woke up that morning after preparing. I start preparing on a Thursday. And I woke up that Sunday morning, and I was numb. 
I was looking at my message, and I said, Lord, I need your help. I'm not feeling anything. And I came in, and I delivered that message to the church. My wife was under attack at that time. With her back, she couldn't be here. Um, we had just been going through all kinds of stuff in the church. I was just under attack. I came in. I gave the message afterwards. It felt like everything, everybody left so quick. And I was here by myself locking up the church. And I was numb. I was done. I was spent. I was tired. I got home. Got home. I sat on the couch and fell asleep for like three hours. <laughs> I woke up and all I wanted to do was go to bed. So I went to bed. Woke up the next day, which is my prep day to, to wake up early, worship, get ready for staff meeting. When I woke up, I turned the worship music on. Nothing. I didn't want to do anything. I sat there and the enemy was firing at me the same. You know, he was choking me out. The day before, he told me, look, there's nobody here. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like, there's nobody around. You're in this alone. That morning, he kept telling me, look, man, you don't have to do this anymore. You can go do all the stuff that, that you know you can do. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do Like, they don't need you. Nobody needs you. You're good. This is what the enemy's telling me. This was, this, was on, this was on Monday morning, so I have to come to staff meeting. And we usually pray before staff meeting, but I get here, and there's nobody. <laughs> so now I'm at staff meeting. Kevin called out sick because they were sick. I'm like, okay. Rhonda was running late, and my wife couldn't be here. Uh, some other people at the time weren't here. They showed up later. Um, thank the guys for being here. I love them. But while I'm sitting here, <laughs> I'm going, wow, it's staff meeting day, and there's nobody. I'm in this alone. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? This is the enemy talking to me the entire time. I've never felt this way in ministry before. I've never had an attack like this. I didn't know what to do. That morning before I came in here, I'm sitting there and I'm getting choked out by the enemy. And the only thing I know how to do is call Brother Bo. That's my spiritual father. So I'm like, it, it, it's not that I couldn't have called a ton of people. Because... <laughs> I've got everybody's number, and I know y'all love me, and anybody would listen to anything I have to say. But my mind went to him, and I called him, and he didn't answer. He never doesn't answer. <laughs> and he texted me right back, and he said, man, I'm having this, this kidney stone attack. Do you really need to speak with me right now, or can I call you later? And I said, with pride, no, I'm good. And he hung up. Well, he was in a text, so I just said, I'm good. And then I said, I'm going to call another pastor friend of mine and I called him and it went to voicemail and he texted me back and said I'm in the dentist office I can't talk right now at that point the enemy told me nobody cares nobody cares you're done accept it hand over the keys and move on that's how the enemy attacked me that's how the enemy came at me and it was personal and it was real. And it hurt. And I didn't know what to do. And that morning coming in here, and nobody's here, not even the staff, I'm like, all right, like, I guess this is really it, Lord. Like, come on. Like, this is really going to happen. And I made it through staff meeting because people finally showed up. The only person that actually showed up, which was awesome, was Miss Karen. She brought food for pastor appreciation. 
And uh, I was telling her, I said, they're coming. And I had to put on my smiley face because I'm like, everything's great. Everybody's coming. I know they're going to be here. And inside, I'm just empty going, I don't think anybody's coming. And uh, so anyway, uh, we had staff meeting. And then that, that night, we had prayer. I stayed here all day. And then we had prayer at 6. And the only people that showed up for prayer was Jeff and Pam and Ginger. Thank the Lord you guys. If you guys didn't show up, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done because I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But they showed up. Uh, and that night, uh, the w Lord gave me a word, and it started releasing stuff in me. The word started releasing something in me. He spoke directly to what I was going through, and it, it started energizing me and giving me power again. It gave me, it was recharging my batteries as I was sitting here reading it. And I read it myself and started worshiping. And then all of a sudden, I read it to them, and it started making more sense, right? Now, I didn't get in. They didn't know everything I was dealing with because I'm, you know, I'm prideful. I don't tell people things. Um, but it was so refreshing that, that, that I left out of here with some hope. So it wasn't instant relief, but I left out of here with hope. And I said, okay, tomorrow's another day. And I was like, I know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's, it's prayer time out of Brother Bo's property. We're going to go out to the chapel and we're going to go out and worship. We usually have several pastors there and we go out there. And, and so I woke up in the morning fired up and I'm worshiping. I'm ready to go. I get out there and it's me and Brother Kyle. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, at least there's somebody else here. You know, and, and he's phenomenal when it comes to, to, to prayer. And, uh, and we're where he finally came up to me because I'm back there just, I'm, I'm doing me and I'm worshiping and I'm just praying. He was like, hey, you know, if we don't do this together, <laughs> kind of, we could have done this at home. But I'm, uh, in his mind, he didn't know what, I, I just needed to see his face. <laughs> I, just, I just needed to see somebody else there. And uh, that's when we got the call that Brother Bo had fallen or his daughter came up and we went down and that whole started a whole thing. So long story short, it's real. Now, coming out of it, is real and it can happen because after that that was that was tuesday and uh by tuesday night i was good by tuesday night i was back to me by tuesday night i'd been worshiping all day i've been praying all day i've been in his word all day so it was a it was a moment it was a moment but it was a moment that captured me so hard he was like quit and i was good with it <laughs> so if it can happen to me and I'm praying and worshiping and reading my Bible because he's that sneaky, it can happen to you. But that's when we realized, when I got with the elders and we met in here on Wednesday night, and I started going through this. And I'll share with you the spirit of death. Well, first off, what do you do when you get attacked? It's real simple. James 4, 7. Surrender to God, stand up to the devil, resist him, and he will flee in agony. So, there you go. <laughs> how you stand up to him and how you worship God is up to you, but... But, uh, but that's real quick, nugget. Um, but the spirit of death, you know, when, when Brother Rick told me I had to come against the spirit of death, one, I really didn't know what that meant. <laughs> what I did know was it sounded really bad. <laughs> and come to find out the spirit of death is the worst one. Uh, it's the most powerful tool of the enemy. And I'm like, couldn't you give me something easy? <laughs> like, come against the polluted water. <laughs> No, give me some. Come against hunger. I can give somebody a sandwich. No, he said, I need you to renounce the spirit of death. And I'm like, wow. All right, first one right here. Let's do this. It's like being a high school team and you got to go play Alabama. I'm just saying. I'm like, this don't even make sense, right? Um, so, so here I am, and uh, spirit of death. Spirit of death includes things that are untimely and unexpected. 
accidents, homicides, suicides, loss of reputation, loss of hope, or divorce. What it does, it causes pain that is so unbearable that, that the mourning that you go through, right, that mourning makes you vulnerable to seduction. What, what it does is ultimately the spirit of death actually aborts your destiny. It aborts your destiny. It, it executes your purpose, and it assassinates your potential. That's what the spirit of death does. Signs and symptoms. Some of these you might go, wow. Accidents, depression, discouragement, disease, grief, isolation, loss, terminal illness, untimely death by dry, uh, untimely death, drive-by shootings, sickness or disease in the body. That's just some of them. When I read that and I started looking at that, if you were here long enough to know Pastor Daisy, Pastor Daisy lost her granddaughter, who was 15, to a drive-by shooting. We lost Bubba, an elder, to an accident, a car accident, an untimely death. We lost Mama Lowe to a terminal, a terminal illness. We tried to take Brother Bo with another illness, an issue with his kidneys. He attacked me with discouragement and kidney pains. He attacked my wife with a back issue that was just sudden. She did nothing. She just couldn't move. Kevin, he had sickness in his family and in him. Crystal's brother was killed or died. <laughs> I can keep going. Bro brother Jim, an elder, he's had numerous knee surgeries. Couldn't get relief. Brother Billy, you've had multiple hip surgeries, right? Wanarine, uh, shoulder issues. and I mean, you just, I, I can keep going. Um, I want you to know that's not the end of it. But that's all just what happened in our church. Line that up with the spirit of death. I don't even know what's happening in all your lives. So I don't know what you're dealing with. What I know is the spirit of death was in our church, and it was sneaking around and trying to pick us off one by one. One by one. By one. What I know is that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right. So we had no choice but to gather and do what we have to do. Can I tell you that since that's happened, since we gathered on that Wednesday, okay, my wife is walking around and she's getting better and better every day. Okay, I can tell you this, I'm not discouraged about anything. I'm actually ready to go face to face with the devil up here in front of everybody if he wants to come down. Like, I welcome you. Okay, I'm pretty fired up right now. It, it, it went vice versa on him. It did not work the way he wanted it. Brother Bo's kidney is starting to work. Right, so it, it, there are things that have happened. The stuff that can start healing is happening. Brother Billy, how's your hips feeling? Great, great. Brother Jim's walking around like he, he can, like he's supposed to be walking around. And I don't know what's going on with all y'all. These are just people I know that are in leadership in the church. This is real. If the enemy can take out our church, they take the territory. Right? If we maintain the church, if we, if we understand who we have and walk in the authority we have, we can come against it the same way we came against it that night. Right? And he had, he had no choice. He had to listen. Right? We renounced that he had to leave. He had, to, he had no choice. He, he could not stand against us. 
because of the faith and the authority given to us, as we came about, about him as elders and leaders in the church, he had to leave. And I'm telling you, he'll do that in your life. Look, if he's bothering you, if the enemy's messing with you, you need to take authority. You need to understand, and you need to come against that, and you need to demand him and command him to leave. Okay, but that, that, that comes with training, right? That comes with training, which is what we'll be doing over the next several weeks. You know, so when I went up there to uh, Jasper, I needed to go. I needed to be filled up. I was good, but last Sunday, I was good, but when I walked in there, it was like the enemy tried. He didn't want me to go. The enemy did not want me to go. I was supposed to go with Bo. He couldn't go. My wife wasn't going to go. I even went on their app, and they had every service with a Sunday service experience at 10 o'clock except for the day I wanted to go. I'm like, that's weird. I was like, are they not having service that day? Because they had everything else on there. So I had to actually text the pastor, Brother Wayne, and I was like, all right, Wayne, are you guys having service? He's like, absolutely, 10 o'clock. I was like, well, it's not on your app. <laughs> you almost stopped me from coming. Like, I really wanted to be there. And uh, when I was there, like I said, they started, they started prophesying over our church. Yeah. <laughs> when I have more time, I'll share with you the stuff that they were saying that was so timely. The devil didn't want me to hear what they had to say. Okay, the devil didn't want you guys to hear what they had to say because he understood that if you hear this, you're going to understand what God's ready to do with this place and how he's ready to operate in this place and the power and authority we have in this place and how we're going to conquer out of this place. It was powerful and needed. I got fully energized, fully just fired up coming out of there. And that's what the enemy tried to stop. He'll even try to stop those things in your life. So they prophesied, which was awesome, and I'll get to them some other time. But they lifted me up. They supplied hope. They wrapped their arms around me. And this was nothing you guys couldn't do, but this was stuff that had to be done somewhere else. They came against every accusation that I was feeling from the enemy. That's what they did. And they did it through prophecy. I didn't tell them anything. I didn't tell them anything about what I was going through. I didn't tell them anything about what our church was going through. And the stuff they spoke came against all that stuff. I mean, they were speaking specific words. I don't know if you, if you know how much I love the word saturate, but saturate came out of their mouth many times. They've never been to our church. They don't watch me. I'm not one of those guys you watch online. <laughs> and I was like, this is for real. Like, in the middle of praying for Brother Bo... Through me, the guy that was praying with his hand on my chest stopped in the middle of praying for Brother Bo and said, oh, wow. He goes, I come against the spirit of discouragement on your heart right now. He goes, brother, God's encouraging you. God's saying, get up and start walking because what you're doing, he's, man, he is so thankful you're doing it. He loves you. He says, keep doing what he's telling you to do. Don't worry about anything. This is in the middle of praying for Bo. I'm like, I need to get out of here. Like, these guys are literally reading my mail. Um, but it was really good. This is what I love in Colossians 2.15 out of the Passion. It says, Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. See, he took all their ability to accuse us. 
and I'm walking around feeling accused. He says, I took all that. Like, why are you doing that? Like, you don't have to. He took it. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. That's what our God does. He says, they are my prisoners. The enemy can't come against you. It's real, but the enemy's lost. And we need to understand that. So we as a church, we need to be ready to battle. We need to be battle ready. We need to stay in our praise and worship. I'm telling you, that's the key. If you can learn to worship freely and come in and exalt him and praise him. And man, surrender to him on a Sunday. That is the key to breaking the chains off everything that has got you locked up. And, and I'm telling you, you need to stay in that. Mm. Why? So that we can know that when the enemy attacks, we need to stay vigilant. We need to stay in that praise so we're vigilant. See, here's the thing. When you take your eyes off the enemy, he can hide. So I make it my point every day when I wake up now. I, I, I grew. I learned. That was a good lesson. So now I'm in spiritual battle every single day. I got my eyes open every day. I've expanded my radar. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you, when, you, when you zoom in on something, you ever zoom in on a picture and you're looking at the picture and then eventually you look at it enough and you're just like, man, I really wish they'd show other stuff in that picture. Then you realize you can just zoom it out. <laughs> that was me. You know, I was like, I can just zoom this out. And I can see the enemy coming from every direction. So that's my goal for you because I don't want you to go through what I went through. I don't. But I needed to go through it. I needed to be on the battlefield. I needed to see what it felt like. I needed to, to understand how to recover from it. I needed to be reminded how real it was so that I can come up in front of you and say, we can do this together as a family. If we come in with that mindset, we've got to come in ready. We've got to come in prepared. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks. So come prepared to learn about the battle. Come with a warrior spirit. Come with boldness. Start studying your enemy. Here's the thing. Move when God tells you to move. Don't delay. A delay can cause some damage. Because here's the thing. We're no longer going to work in a defensive strategy. We're going into a new phase. It's all offensive. We're coming at the enemy now. Okay, because I truly believe that as we come at him, he won't even have a chance. We're going to come against stuff that he don't even know he's doing yet. Yeah, I don't want him to even think that he has a right to anybody in this church and anybody we know. I don't want, I don't want him to think he has a right to your family. I, I don't think he has a right. He, he can't think that he has a right to anybody in your school, at your work, anywhere. Because he doesn't. Okay, and we're going to cover them. It's spiritual warfare. It's real. And there's rules of engagement for that. And my goal, as I walk through this, is to give you everything I can about that. And the good part is, is we have several people in our church. They're really good at this. So it won't be just me speaking for you. I think, I think we have plenty of people that can talk to this uh, as we move forward. As we, as we resist him. Like it says, he will flee. He will flee. Amen. Did you guys get something out of this today? You guys good? I'm telling you, it's real. It's real. And I saw a lot of hands go up when I said, does anybody feel like they've been under attack? So I felt it. When I saw all those hands go up, I felt it. I felt the pain. I felt what you were going through. All right? And I just, 
man, if that's you this morning, man, I don't care. Nobody's looking around. Just if you feel like you've been under attack, can you just raise your hand? So I know who I'm praying for because, man, it's real. It's powerful. Man, it's in our church. It's in our families. So, Father, come on, Lord. You see the hands, Lord. Father, you see them. Father, we come, we come against the enemy right now, Father, and everything he's trying to do. Father, I pray right now you bring your peace. Father, you bring your comfort. Father, we pray that your, your word be on our lips at all times, Father God. We believe what your word says in Isaiah 59, Lord, that your spirit that is on us, your word, Father God, is put in our mouths, not only our mouths, but the mouths of our children and the mouths of their children and their children and generation after generation, Lord. That if your words are on our lips, Father God, we pray, Lord, that, it, that, 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 is, our, that is our offensive attack, Lord, is, is your word, the sword of the Spirit. So, Father, give us bold faith this morning to not back down, not shy away from the enemy. But, Father, we, we attack with your words. Father, we attack with worship. We attack with praise. Hmm. Father, you just see the hands and the hearts, and I ask you to touch them right now, Lord. Touch them, Jesus. Give them that courage, Father. Strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite our prayer team forward because I believe just as we do this with healing, we can do this with the attack. So if you feel you've been under attack, I want you to know that we have prayer partners up here. We have people that want to pray with you. We have people that need to pray with you. If we're going to do this together as a family, then we need to trust each other. And we need to be able to come against the enemy when he comes against us. So before we break, um, we do have the prayer partners, so please don't hesitate to come up here. You know, the one thing I, that, that's most important about that whole thing when you enter into spiritual warfare is the fact you need to know who you are. And like I said in the beginning, if you don't know him, if you don't know him, you don't have that authority. If you don't know him, you're not walking with the authority that he's given you. You got to know him. You got to accept him in your heart. You got to believe in it. You got to have faith. So if that's you this morning and, that, and you want to make that step, look, you do that right where you're at. <laughs> accept him in your heart. Trust him. Man. You can pray right in your own spot. Just just ask him and receive him in your heart. That's a personal choice you have to make. It's a personal choice you have to make. And if that's you, if you want to make that choice this morning, I encourage you. One, come on up here. Let a prayer partner talk to you. Let somebody guide you through what's next. Because we're family. Look, there, there's nothing embarrassing about this. But we want to make sure you're right. Because the enemy's real. And he's moving. So if you want that in your heart, just come on up here this morning. Let us pray over you. And Father, you see those hearts, Lord. Father, you see those that, that need to know you. Father, those watching online, reach out to us. Let us know if you're watching online. We'd love to reach out to you and give you all kinds of resources. Don't leave here without resources. If you make this decision, even if you don't tell us, man, we have information for you. We want to walk beside you through this. So, Lord, you see the hands. You see the hearts. You know those that are... That are, that are coming to you for the first time, Father, and we welcome them into the family, Lord. But we ask that you give them the courage to come up and talk to somebody, Lord.
Father, I ask you as we close that you ignite a fire in us this week, Lord. <laughs> Father, ignite a fire in us that wherever we go, Lord, that, that, that we have that courage and strength to come against the enemy. That, 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 Lord, we can declare every morning that he doesn't have the right in our lives to do what he's trying to do. So, Father, we thank you for choosing us to do these good works. Father, we ask that you bless us throughout the week. Father, I ask that you keep us safe and guide us and lead us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Y'all be blessed. Have a phenomenal week. I'll see you again next week. Do not leave here without prayer. If you need prayer this morning, please come down. Do not leave here without getting prayer. But we love you guys, and we look forward to seeing you again. God bless.